And um, everything that I've been hearing, the prayers that were uh, prayed, the, the songs that we sang this morning in our first service and in our second service, um, really are being led by the Holy Spirit today. And you'll see as we, as we go through these uh, verses this morning, how it all ties together. So this morning, what we're concluding, as Uberson had mentioned, we're concluding our series, and um, I've entitled it, Who Am I Walking With Today? So something for us to think about. And if there's anything that we've learned during the past two years of COVID isolation, is that as humans, we crave social interaction with others, Right? God has designed us to yearn for fellowship and social interaction with people. There's something about being with others to talk, to laugh, and cry with that our mind, body, and heart long for. Many of us have had opportunities to take walks together, conversing and sharing our hearts with each other. And in this fast-paced world of texts and emojis and nonverbal communication, the act of Communicating and listening is somewhat becoming harder to do. Why? Because talking and listening and, and sharing with others requires vulnerability, patience, and grace with each other. And you'll agree that good relationships take time and effort to cultivate. This morning we have before us a text from Luke. And Luke's the only gospel writer that speaks of this story in detail. It's a, quite a, a unique story. And the gospel of Mark briefly mentions it in chapter 16, verse 12 and 13. But this morning, I'd like to relate this story to us here. Imagine for a moment that you're one of these two disciples walking along the road of life. And so as I read scripture today, I pray that God reveals his word to us through his Holy Spirit in a fresh way. Because when we walk and talk with Christ, we must feed from his word daily as we journey along life's path. And in your conversations with others, if you listen to someone speak long enough, the condition of their heart will be revealed. Luke chapter 6 verse 45 says, Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Listen to the words of these two disciples as they, they speak to Jesus. It's very revealing. Then listen to Jesus' rebuke and encouragement as he interprets and explains Old Testament scriptures to them. Psalm 119, 130 says, The unfolding of your words give light, and it imparts understanding to the simple. And so the word of God is accessible to everyone here today. Let's begin our journey and read from the 24th chapter of Luke, verses 13 to 35. If you have your Bibles, or your phones, or your pew Bibles in front of you, follow along, and let's read together. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor 
to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it's, it's now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some of our women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the, in the scriptures all the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. And then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Let's pray for a moment. Father, we thank you so much for this morning, for this new day that you've given us, and for this word. Lord, this, this unique story that you've put in the Gospel of Luke, Father, I pray that our eyes, our spiritual eyes, Lord, would be open to see all that you have for us today, to reveal in your word, Lord, that our Holy Spirit as well would speak to our hearts in your name. Amen. Three simple points today, not a long sermon. How's my spiritual eyesight? Verse 16 says, But as these two were walking... Jesus comes alongside them, and Scripture says that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Could not Jesus, who came alongside, just said, Hey, it's me, Jesus. Don't despair. I'm with you. Right? Our first point to ponder here is that this was a work of God. And we must recognize moments like these in the Bible as teaching faith moments that God takes us through. Our physical eyes allow us to see the things that are around us. And Jesus says in Scripture that the eye is the lamp of the body because the eye allows light to come in. Spiritual eyes are the capacity in us that allow us to see spiritual realities. We see spiritual things through our heart. So how's my spiritual eyesight today? Irby and the group sang this morning, we sang that song, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. And it's a beautiful song and wonderful prayer as well. Open my eyes, God, that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. 
Psalm 119, verse 18. These two disciples had just witnessed the trauma of Christ's crucifixion. Luke chapter 23, verse 49 says, And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. They would have seen the pain, and and dare I say heard the cries from Jesus as the nails were driven into his hands and feet. They would have witnessed those torturous hours with hopelessness in the moments leading to his death. Now as they walked to Emmaus sharing with each other, their thoughts and words would have been ones of disbelief, despair, and sadness. And if, if, and if you've ever experienced a traumatic event in your life, you know how these events can shape our words and actions, for better or for worse. The two disciples just witnessed Jesus' crucifixion. What did their eyes and hearts recount to Jesus as he walked with them? He should have risen by now. It's been three days already, they said. We had hoped he was the Redeemer of Israel. What happened? Christ is risen. He's alive. That's what some of the women have told us, but they didn't see him. Doesn't sound too convincing, does it? How do I react when I'm faced with difficulties and trials? What do I say to others? Am I seeing difficulties and hurdles with physical eyes only? Or are my spiritual eyes telling me that God is trying to get my attention? Number two, am I hungry for God's word? Now in verse 25 of Luke, Jesus doesn't mince his words here either. Slow of heart, dull of hearing, foolish ones. Ouch, right? That's not something we're used to hearing Jesus say to to believers. What truth can we glean from these words of Jesus? We must hunger for the daily intake of the solid food of God's word to grow in our faith. Jesus, the great teacher, then recounts to them Old Testament passages. And it's important to know that we don't exactly know which passages those are because the Old Testament all points to Jesus. It has him weaved throughout it. Starting with Genesis chapter 3, as Balaji said this morning in our Breaking of Bread service, Jesus tells us that one day he will soon crush Satan under our feet. We learn from the law of Moses, which speaks of the sacrificial spotless lamb required during the Passover, that forgiveness of sin can only be achieved with the shedding of blood. Jesus is that Passover lamb who shed his blood for us to give us life. Psalm 22 describes Jesus as being scorned by mankind and despised by the people. It says, they mocked me, made mouths at me, They divided my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. The prophetic book of Isaiah speaks of our Savior's birth as a great light. And his name shall be called, you know it, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen? Those masks, I think they're restricting your airflow because it's too warm in here. Isaiah also declares that Jesus would be crushed and wounded for our transgressions, brothers and sisters. The whippings he received and the stripes he bore on his back bring healing of our sin today. And I could go on, but you get a glimpse here 
of how everything written in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. It's so important that we balance also our own scripture reading between the Old and the New Testament. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says that all scripture, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man and the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now in verses 28 and 30, it says, So they drew near to the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for, it is now far, for the day is now far spent. And so he went in to stay with them. By the way, how long does it take to walk seven miles? Just curious. You know, according to Siri, <laughs> it takes about two and a half to three hours. Okay, so some of us, like maybe Keith will do it in less than two and a half. Louis or I will do it in about three, you know, or four. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so we know Jesus gave these two disciples the most powerful Sunday school lesson they would ever hear. When our hearts are exposed to the Word of God, it will also reveal our sin. But it brings about a repentant heart and a desire to be more like Jesus. It brings hope to the hopeless. It brings joy to the fearful and restores love and peace where there once was hate and bitterness. Brothers and sisters, the more we receive the Word of God and feed on it, the more we will want to have fellowship with the God of the Word. Listen to these words of Jesus from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 40. It says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. John chapter 6, verse 63 says that it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you our spirit and life. And lastly, John chapter 8, verse 31 says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I pray we're encouraged just hearing these words this morning and these verses. As the disciples were exposed to the word and Jesus' detailed account and interpretation of who he is, and their, desi their desire was naturally to spend more time with him. Scripture says that Jesus even acted like he was going farther. But now they urged him, saying, Stay with us. The day is over and evening is upon us. Come in for a coffee. <laughs> you know what I mean. Right? Please, stay with us. You could hear their desire as they urged him to keep company with them. Oh, dear traveler, we want to know more about this hope. Don't leave us. And while sharing a meal together that evening, during his blessing of the food and the breaking of the bread, during this intimate moment together with Christ, Scripture says their spiritual eyes were opened. And they recognized Jesus. Brothers and sisters, there's something intimate about receiving, like we did in our service this morning, receiving the bread and the wine, which represent the body and the blood 
of Jesus and sharing with others the goodness of what he has done that we might have life. Thirdly, has the gospel touched my heart today? They said to, our, to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he walked, to, walked and talked to us on the road while he opened to us the scriptures? Jesus spoke to their hearts and his Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts today. Do you sense him nudging at your heart? An unregenerate heart that doesn't yet know Christ in a personal way needs to be touched at its core. You see, the heart touches our emotions. It touches our reason and our will. Jesus called unassuming everyday fishermen to preach and spread the gospel. And yet the Pharisees, the religious intelligent leaders of that day, were the hardest to reach because of the hardness of their hearts. Repentance comes first when we are confronted with the wickedness of our own hearts, and only Jesus can renew a wicked heart. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Psalm 119. By the way, if you want to know about the God, God's word, read Psalm 119. It speaks about it throughout. It's beautiful. Verses, nine, uh, verses 10 and 11 speak of the heart. It says, With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your, heart in, uh, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The power of the Holy Spirit living in us, brothers and sisters, will always draw us to Christ. And his word will burn within us when we're in daily fellowship with him. Jeremiah chapter 20, the weeping prophet, verse 9, says that the word of God is like fire in my belly, a burning of my bones, and I'm worn out trying to contain it. I can't do it any longer. Is the word of God like fire in me that I can't keep it to myself any longer? I must share it. Oh, but James, you don't understand. Religion has failed me denominations have failed me and so many religious leaders today are dropping like flies. But Jesus says to us today from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 11, come to me, come to Jesus today, all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will, re will find Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Perhaps the yoke of religion has weighed you down, feeling like you're not good enough today. But if you've trusted in Christ as your Savior, He's carried the weight of my sin, of your sin, off our shoulders, and He took that sin and bore it on the cross, and His yoke of rest simply comes by committing yourself to him today in faith. Jesus said, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me 
shall never thirst. You know, just over a little more than two weeks ago, I was at the office, and our head office is in Toronto, and it had been just a little over two years since I had last been there, and it was, it was interesting, unique, surreal, it was all of those things, seeing people, I found myself reintroducing to, you know, hi, I'm James, yeah, we know James, it's you, you know, and I was in one of my colleagues' office, and uh, we were sitting at the, you know, the desk, and I noticed that uh, she had a water bottle on her table. And after a few minutes of talking to her, I noticed the water bottle, it glowed. Does anyone know what I'm talking about here? No? Okay. So I thought it was kind of interesting. <laughs> I'm glad no one does because I'm telling you. So her water bottle started glowing and I said to her, why is your water bottle glowing? And she said, it's reminding me to take a drink. Okay? And I'm thinking to myself, what we do... <laughs> to, to make sure that our bodies are, are rehydrated and, and regenerated with water. But this morning, we're talking about having thirst for spiritual water from Christ, from His Word. Take time during the day to read it. Listen to it in the car or while in bed at night. I guarantee it's the best cure for insomnia. And I say that with the utmost respect, not because it's boring, okay? I've started Psalm 119 and I never made it to the end and I was fast asleep, okay? Use the Word of God in your moments when you're looking and your mind is racing, saturate your mind and your heart with the Word of God. Not only do these two disciples now recognize Him, as their risen Savior, there's also a burning of the gospel, which is the living word planted in their hearts. Just as Jesus shared the gospel with these two disciples, he does it again in verse 45. The story doesn't conclude at verse 35, because as you read the remainder of the chapter, Jesus now appears to his disciples, including Cleopas and his companion, who had just walked back to Jerusalem. And again, Jesus speaks to them. This time, he shows them his hands and his feet. Touch me, he says. Could you imagine the look on their eyes now? Wow. Jesus eats a piece of broiled fish. And they were probably thinking it was going to fall to the floor, right? No, he eats a piece of broiled fish as further proof that he wasn't just a ghost, but with them in the flesh. Jesus then opens their minds to understand the scripture and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Brothers and sisters, Jesus left this earth and ascended into heaven and now the promise of his Holy Spirit lives in our hearts. And Jesus Christ, our Savior, who sits at the right hand of the Father, ministers. He ministers as our high priest and advocate. As high priest, He gives us the grace that we need to face testing and temptation. And when we fail, and we fail, as our advocate, He forgives us and He restores us when we confess our sins. In conclusion, this morning you may be hearing the gospel message for the first time. 
You may be watching this online. Do you, real, do you relate to these two disciples that had this encounter with Jesus? They knew of him, but didn't know him and believe in him until their spiritual eyes were opened. Does your heart desire fellowship with Jesus today? Peter says in the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 42 and 43, that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Can you say amen to that, brothers and sisters? Amen. Let's stand together. Father, we're so thankful, God, for this word that you've given us this morning, Lord, for this gospel message. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that all those that could hear my voice, Lord, that they would have made a commitment to serve you, Lord. And they've received you into their heart this day. Lord, your Holy Spirit knows, and he's prompting people even right now in this moment, God, to come to you to come to you, the Savior. Thank you, God, for releasing us from the shackles of our sin, for redeeming our hearts. Thank you, God, each day that we have breath and life, I ask that you would keep our spiritual eyes open so we would even see the hurts around us, that we would see the needs around us, even here in our church, the needs that are in the church and outside the church and in our community. God, we could only see those things with our spiritual eyes. God, as, as the Holy Spirit brings conviction in our hearts and repentance, God, I pray daily we would come to you and that we would hunger and thirst, Lord, for the water and the food that will never make us desire anything else. And so, God, we thank you for this day. And we commit the rest of this week in your hands, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.